0: Welcome to The Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Welcome back to The Next Level Show. I try to do a little bit of a different intro with my, uh, <laughs> my more professional voice. I don't know if I... <laughs> <laughs> some uh, the um, radio voice, uh, yeah, the ra- <laughs> yeah, the radio voice. Um, some people have said that my voice is very soothing, actually. So, thank you very much. Um, thank you for those that have said that. But, how are you guys doing today? Uh,
2: doing good. What about you guys? Have another day in the quarantine feels like one just like yesterday, which will feel like tomorrow.
1: Today's actually Easter. Um, and then tomorrow, this will be coming out on a Monday, So, but happy Easter everyone that celebrated Easter. Mike, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm good, man. I, I went out. I woke up early. I thought I'd be proactive, go to the store, get everything done. And I forgot that it was Easter. Everything is closed except for Walmart, of course. Is it? And yeah, dude, Target, Publix, everything's closed. Oh. Uh, but you can still go to Walmart. And I don't know about you, but call me pretentious. I'm not shopping at Walmart. So... Yeah.
1: Damn, bro. I feel attacked <laughs> because I just was there the other day. Mm.
2: I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good place to go for some things, but yeah, I'd rather yeah. go to like either Publix well, or Target. I
1: don't, I don't really buy my meats from there. I go to like BJ's and stuff or like Sam's Club, like to bigger bulk places um, just for the cost efficiency. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone to Walmart recently just for certain items, but they're the same brands that I purchase at Publix, for example. Mm-hmm. But... Lately, bro, with this situation, I'm not, being, I'm not being too picky about it, honestly.
2: So then if you don't like Walmart, there's no way you would go into an Aldi's. Is that correct?
1: How's – I've never been in there.
2: I've never been. You know what I think about? When I think of Aldi's, I think of like uh, Dollar General, you know, great no. value brand everything. No. Really? I mean, that's what, I mean, I've, I've never stepped foot in one, so I'm completely
1: talking about it. I've actually, I've actually, someone's going to be, someone's going to like chew us out and leave us Probably. a full review because of this. No, I'm kidding. Um, hopefully not. <laughs> Please don't. Um, No, but I've heard from a client that goes there. She actually likes the stuff, like the fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I haven't checked it. They're pretty, like I have a Publix and and that, is it what Aldi's called? Yeah. Aldi's, Aldi, Yep. Yeah. And then uh, all Walmart like kind of in like within a mile radius from each other. So I guess I can check it out one of these days. I've been meaning to go because I get advert like little news, uh, mail, uh, mm-hmm. coupons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I always fail to go.
2: Yeah, they're they're building uh, a Sprouts right across the street from a Walmart that's close to me. And then next to the Walmart, they're building an Aldi. So you know, I'm sure after it's you know when it's done, I'll step in there see how it is. Uh, I like I said, I could be to- I'm sure I'm totally full of shit and talking out of my ass by not knowing a damn thing
0: about him but well, that's just the first uh in, in impression that i get it's really weird the way they set those up uh you'd think it would be a little more spread out but apparently like, they're living right next to each other yeah there's there's an intersection right next to me where there's literally a, a publix a target a neighborhood walmart and a bj's all like yes. you could you could walk to each and every one of them yeah, and it's I, really I,
2: strange. It, it's weird the way it's, it's right. And when I say right next to each other, I mean literally right next to each other. I don't mean like Florida right next to each other where it's like, you know, down like a mile away or half a mile. Like, like you said, walking distance where I'm not going to break a sweat if it's like the midsummer. You know, what? I, 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 I had a question for you guys. It's kind of random. Do you guys have like a, like a pet peeve that really doesn't matter? Like it, it's really not a big deal like for me one thing that uh anytime any place that i've ever worked at in like the break area and stuff um i go to heat up my food in the microwave and people don't zero out the microwave that just totally bugs the hell out of me it's not a big deal cuz all i do is just press either one button or i just put my food in add some more like 30 seconds or or, or so to it but to me, I don't know. It's just—it's just something that that really just bugs me.
0: I mean, I'm I'm ready to to create a a uh, dividing line between us and our viewers, <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and make a bold statement here. Uh, the toilet fl- the, the the toilet paper flap—it goes over.
1: Oh well, yes, it's mullet. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I think that's. The yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so- crazy because I actually always forgot which way it was um, until you know a girl actually told me that she was like this doesn't you why do you have your toilet paper like that i'm like what are you talking about i live by myself so it's like i'm a dude i don't really care about those things um and she pointed it out to me and i was like huh and it just made an impression from now on i always put it that way because it just to me now it just makes sense and it was brought to my attention before eh. I just kind of put it, sometimes I was so lazy growing up that I would just not change the roll itself. I'd leave the little cardboard piece and then I'll just put the other one on the same <laughs>
0: I, I do top. that sometimes. Yeah, I do that
1: sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I was doing that for the longest time growing up, but I don't know. I feel like I've matured in the last couple of years living by myself. No, it, it's
2: it's always over. People say no if they have like, for instance, either kids or pets or whatever. But no, it's mm-hmm. it's the over is oh it's the to way hide to it. it.
1: That makes yeah. sense.
2: No, no, no. It because think about it, if it's over, right, and then they just like yeah start hitting it and start ro- making it roll, um spinning it. Then all the paper is going to come down and it'll big make, make a big mess. If it's the other way then it wouldn't, but over it's, it's, still the best way to go.
1: This makes, I mean, I, I think it makes sense. Like, you know, protecting it because yeah, it's not going to go as easily. So no, that makes sense. Um, I actually wanted to share with you guys. Um, cause we, I, I, I check all the numbers like almost daily yesterday. I did. And I kind of took a break from just being on social media really, um, as much and I wasn't really like searching anything. Um, I was actually really happy with the the ratings and the reviews that we've gotten so far. So I know at the end of every episode, we we always, you know, leave the episode on that just because in all honesty, this is what's going to help the podcast uh, do very well in the iTunes in a very competitive space already. But it's, it's, it's the core audience that I feel I always want to contribute to the most and always remind, always just say thank you when we get the opportunity, because obviously we're we we are not going to go anywhere if we are not helping anyone or if you the listener um, don't take to have don't take the time like you have already to just leave us a rating review that helps us so much and we are very very appreciative and I always like check those things but I was reading some really good ones um, one that stood out to me was uh, from Farmstrong two three nine we got a five star rating and review uh, the guys had a have a very dynamic and sorry, the guys have a great dynamic, very knowledgeable, helping me keep motivated, especially with exercise at home during the COVID times. I can listen to them all day while at work. Keep it up. Love what you're doing. And that's, uh, thank you so much, FarmStrong239. Thank you. And I got it from B Barahona. That was a five-star rating. And it was just, thank you for being real and honest. I know who this person is. So she's a woman of a few words, but uh, she's not really good at expressing her feelings, but it was, she, she always has the best intentions. And then we got one from our, one of our friends, Amber alert fitness. I was actually on her recent podcast, always been very, very supportive. If you haven't gone and checked her out, she's on the, um, adapt effect on Spotify. She will be on soon on iTunes. So she's a great, uh, you know, personal trainer in the area that I respect, A female personal trainer. Um, just basically saying, most fitness podcasts come across that she comes across. Um, let me see, are either giving out the wrong information or complicating things, making the fitness industry seem scary and overwhelming. These three guys really speak on the truth about the fitness industry in a simplistic way that anyone can understand. Three different perspectives that truly come together and give you the best of the best. 10 out of 10 recommended, knowing that we only have a five-star rating review. Now, <laughs> uh, not only do they know their stuff, but they truly care and are authentic. Can't wait to see where this show goes. Sincerely. And then she gives her credentials. Um, super grateful. It's only three, uh, only three reviews, but those three reviews for me are like, phew, yay. You know, awesome. I'm super excited about it. So um, thank you so much for anyone that has given the ratings so far, just the star ones. Those are helpful as well. And uh, just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a thank you just because we are in the Easter spirit. I think it's just a moment just to express some gratitude. But boys, I we I kind of wanted to get into, I messaged you guys about this yesterday. Um, I wanted to cover protein because I think that nutrition in and of itself is a very complicated, massive, um, it can get mass, it get pretty complicated with the little nuances, right? And I think that it's always, we could have covered what's protein, carbs, and fats. But I wanted to give each macro their own episode um, just because it allows you know, anyone listening to this kind of hyper focus on one thing. So when they leave that episode, they can apply just that one. We always talk about applying one thing. And I think this is a very big rock that a lot of people may be missing out on. That could really, really help. This could be the average person listening that just wants to make some subtle improvements to their nutrition. They're not trying to do like anything radical dieting anything crazy with muscle building this can obviously just improve your overall health just by making this modification and so i wanted just to kind of dedicate this episode just to protein we'll cover the other macros in other episodes let us know what you guys are thinking so far uh, as far as those topics but um mike wha- about protein start us off man i know you had some good insight we were just talking before we got on we started recording. Um, you know, what is protein essentially? Because we uh, all you hear is about protein, protein, protein in the fitness industry, that this builds muscle, this does this, it promises you, promises you everything. But what is protein?
0: Yes, it is very convoluted. If you ask the average person, it would be, I know I need protein and I probably need a whey protein shake, but past that, not much information out there. So essentially the basic... Version of this explanation is protein is a series of branched chain amino acids. And of those amino acids, there are 21 of them. Nine of them are what's considered to be essential. And essential means that your body can't synthesize these on their own. So you need histidine, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, methionine, phenylalanine threonine, tryptophan, and valine. So with those in mind, those are the ones that you need every single day. And from what I was reading, you don't necessarily need them all in one shot. Uh, It can be like a mix between breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you'll find them in all sorts of places.
1: Okay. Um, I think that it's also important to add that protein in of itself you know we there's a there the two essential macronutrients are going to be protein and fat your body can survive off of carbohydrates so essential meaning that you need to feed yourself or give yourself that macro give yourself those nutrients because your body won't produce that on its own your body produces glucose essentially you can still have a certain level of glucose even if you go keto for example which is a very low carb diet but with protein in fat, you need to either supplement or get some type of food. So, so the main big rocks in your nutrition block should should consist of, if you want to live a healthy and survive and live long, is some type of pro, so a good amount of protein and a good amount of fat. So, I think it's super important to kind of uh, to talk about that. It is an essential uh, building block just to s- sustain life. Mr. Gabriel, I see you very thinkative. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's ah, it's it's protein is really important. I mean, like you mentioned, that it's not one where we need to um, we can, we need to ingest this. We can't create this on our own, and this is why um, protein is very important into um, different types of diets, right? If you're talking about like, for instance, keto, where it's low carb and it's high fat, or if you go the complete opposite, where it's low fat and high carb. I mean, very rarely do you see any type of diet where you're talking low protein, um, unless you have some particular type of condition where you just can't take too much at once, where you need to be very um, methodical and very careful. But um, it's it's a, it's one that it's pretty prevalent in just about any kind of diet that you have. One where um, regardless of whatever your um, goal, intention, or anything, you would need some type of uh, an adequate amount of protein in order to um, to make some kind of changes that you're looking for. Uh, I think it's it, it, it it's something where, you know, people just think that they, yeah, like you mentioned, I, I kind of know I need protein, but which, which one, what kind? I mean, most people probably just don't even put too much thought into it or just don't even care. They're like, oh, I'll get something or I'll get a shake. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you know, shakes should probably be like, shakes and bars should be down the list on, protein choices right it would be more of um
1: which is usually the opposite for the average person that's just trying to consume more protein it's those things become when they're trying to make more better protein or eat more protein they automatically go to to bars and shakes as a way to get protein which is i guess better than if you're not eating any protein but it shouldn't be the first option the first go-to for you
2: what speaking of uh, options to go to, which
1: ones do you guys prefer? Like, what are your uh, go-to protein choices? I know Mike, you know, is the the chef of the group.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, you know me, man. If it doesn't come from a cow, I'm less interested in it. So, I mean, I had beef yesterday. I've, I had beef. I'm have. I'm having beef tonight. Tomorrow, it's looking to be about the same. So that is by far. Um, no, seriously though, I, beef, beef just tastes better to me. Um, it actually has flavor chicken. You have to like do a bunch of fancy stuff to it. I can eat plain ribeye or sirloin or whatever. Um, but really beef naturally has more branched chain amino acids, uh, than chicken or turkey. Uh, I don't know about fish. Fish is good for other reasons, but, um, beef is going to be a better option just because the amino acid profile is so much better. It has a lot more to it.
1: I think that's also why, sorry to cut you off, Mike, I think that's also why the carnivore diet has, you know, gained momentum. And obviously we have the other extreme, which is the vegan side and vegetarian side, which we will cover some, you know, go tos. work. None of us do are vegan or vegetarian. Obviously, as you can see, Mike is a steak lover. I am as well. Uh, we get, but we try to make sure that our sources of, you know, beef, beef and meat are not coming from like deli meats and hot dogs and stuff like that. We're, oh, no. we're trying to source our protein at a very high level. Um, because obviously you can. Correct. And it's like, because I know that there's a lot of negatives um, with some com- some conventional meat, And I think it's important to know that that you want to vary these things. You don't have to stay in one thing, but obviously with certain cuts of meat, there's a lot of nutrients that you just won't get in a, in a piece of lean chicken breast, which is a great source of protein. If you want to get a lot of bang for your buck, as far as, you know, the amount of protein for the amount of calories you're getting, it's, it's ideal. Um, but I, my go-tos are different types of different cuts of meat. Uh, I like chicken breasts. I've been kind of figuring out how to make them better for me where I enjoy it. But like Mike says, it takes, you know, to make them better. It's just to prep them better. My other go-tos as far as that would be chicken thighs. If I'm more of like on a flexible, like open diet where my calories aren't super restricted because chicken thighs have a little bit more fat. I like ground meats, ground beef. I like ground Turkey. I like those to be a little bit more lean than the fattier options, just because I feel like I get more bang for my buck per. the serving. And it's very easy digestible. For me, I can eat a bulk of it and eat a big portion of protein and not feel uh, super heavy or lethargic, or it's just easier for my digestive system if I eat ground meats. I'm trying to think of other things that I've been kind of going, oh, pork loins. Surprisingly enough, pork loins have this, basically the same macro profile as a piece of chicken breast. And I didn't know that until I compared them side by side. So, cause I'm, I'm always reading the labels and stuff and tracking macros, but it, pork loin, if you get tired of chicken breast, but you want to keep the, pro, the, the macro profile pretty identical, pork loin is a great option. The texture is much softer, more tender. So it's not as dried out as a piece of chicken breast. So those are some stuff that I'll, I'll do. Obviously eggs are a great source of protein. You can go egg whites, but a lot of the nutrients you're getting are from the actual egg itself, the egg yolk. Um, so I'll usually go for eggs are my staple. And it's a little bit outside of the protein realm, as far as the the meats are concerned, I go with some vegetables, but I like Greek yogurt a lot on my daily staple meal. I Greek yogurt is, you know, non-dairy. You can get it low, no fat, and you just get the, the good probiotics with it that come with it, but it's also very high in protein per serving. And it's just, I like to kind of use that as my treat that because it's a, an enjoyable it's not like it's, you're not just pounding pounds and pounds and pounds of chicken you get a little bit of that you can add some fruit and throw in some varieties so it kind of breaks that cycle of having meat every single meal and i'm trying to think of anything else that i like to have but anything that has to do with any type of meat fish i think if i slack off on getting fish in my diet as much so supplementing with some you know omega-3s um and omega-6s and all those things that you want to just, if you're not having any fish in your diet, you know, a good option, probably we can all agree is salmon, yep. you know, for a good source of, of fish, where you're getting those healthy fats that are, that are going to, you know, lend themselves well for all type of health benefits. But I don't eat tilapia. I used to eat tilapia heavy when I was younger, um, when I was just getting into it, because I just wanted to chase protein, and it was a very lean source. But I've kind of fallen out of love with, tilapia i haven't purchased tilapia in years so that's something that i don't go to but some people like it go for it if that's something you know that you like shrimp i think is also amazing shrimp is very lean um Mike, the, mike's face um, i personally love shrimp if you're someone that loves seafood so you, you can check out different uh sources of seafood um that are lean i like shrimp just because of the texture and how you can you can comb- you can combine it with meats um, different dishes, and it's you get a good bang for your buck for the for the serving size and the protein macro uh, this profiles. Is, for those. This
0: is completely off topic, and it may make me seem a little weird, but I don't like bugs. And when I look at a shrimp, a crawfish, a crab, a lobster, I see water bugs. Get <laughs> that shit away from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I,
0: I cannot unsee that now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: honestly though i have such a strong stomach that it's not gonna take yeah me out.
2: i mean i i can definitely see where you're coming from but yeah i'm gonna still have all of that kind of stuff i mean um what would i prefer i um we do a lot of uh chicken thighs only because it's pretty uh flavorful um we we you know we usually go to costco and just get like you know the big you know the big chicken um bundle of chicken thighs and we just freeze a couple just make some at a time Uh, We tried chicken breast, uh, I want to say, I forgot how long ago, just pretty recent. And it was just kind of like hard to get, harder to get through the chicken breast because it's just so like very dry, kind of like you mentioned, Mike, you got to do a lot of things to it. You know, you got to be careful with how you prepare it. um, So that way it's not so dry and kind of like just too plain. You know, if you put some kind of um, sauce or something on it, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Um, you need less of that, in my opinion, for the chicken thighs or how we make them. Um, so we prefer those. Uh, we do like fish a lot here um, in my family because my kids, they don't, um, are not too fond of um, some meats, some of the beef, kind of like what you mentioned. But um, they, they like that. When we do, we go through salmon. Um, when we were on a big fish kick here, we were doing, we were going kind of like going back and forth between salmon and tilapia. Um, I did, uh, I, I do enjoy it. It's pretty, tilapia is pretty good. Um, but salmon would be the preferable choice uh something else that i like to do so in the mornings i typically have you know eggs which are a great source i feel like that's nature's multivitamin because it has um a great uh all around like almost like it's
1: like almost like, compl- it's, like, almost like yeah. your, it's been rated as like the best like it's the the most uh whole food i think mm-hmm. is what it's been yeah. Rated, right?
2: yeah no It's it's pretty good And then you mentioned Greek yogurt, um, John, and and I go back and forth, like I mentioned in in a previous episode, between Greek yogurt and oatmeal. And one thing that I put on top of it, um, whichever one I do with either oatmeal or yogurt, is um, um, hemp seeds. And hemp seeds are actually a really good source. Um, I looked on the back of the label, and the serving size is three um, tablespoons, kind of a lot, but it has 10 grams of protein in those three tablespoons for the hemp seeds. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. I, I knew it had a lot, but I didn't know it had that much. Now, three tablespoon is kind of like a lot, of, a lot, of, a pretty large serving. I usually go with um, half a serving, um, more or less, because I feel like that's just too much, and then it'll be too like grady in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just one one thing that I like to add to it. But uh, you know, just like you, I kind of like all different types: uh, the fishes, the chickens, the meats, the beefs, the cows, the porks. Uh, I don't have one preferred. Uh, go-to but um i guess if i would it would be like a cow just kind of like mentioned because the steak is just damn near flavor all you need is what salt and pepper and you're good to go um obviously throwing in some butter and and some other kind of stuff if you want to go crazy if you want to be mr top chef but uh but but it's, it's pretty yeah well he is a top he is mr top chef
1: I think, um, I think Mike should actually start pro- posting some of his uh, recipes on the next level show page. I think that a lot of people just to kind of add some value to the page. I think you should, if you're feeling inspired, Mike, just kind of share that with us. Cause one, I'll save it for sure. Uh, just because I'll be on that person. Um, and I think that a lot of people would love, cause I think a, the thing that I think people struggle with is not, so, well, sometimes it's just knowing what food options have protein i'm not i don't eat a lot of like seeds and and nuts in my diet often but those are they all have some source of protein the reason i don't gravitate towards as like i would probably sprinkle them on let's say uh like a meal like gabe was saying like some oatmeal and your greek yogurt you would add that to your to your already high protein meal just to add a little bit more but it's not my go-to just because typically you need a lot of volume for the amount of protein you get, and we're gonna get into that as to why, and that's the reason why I personally don't gravitate towards a vegan diet, um, just because we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but yeah, no, we're gonna, you know, I think that a lot of times is also the recipes. So I think that us sharing the recipes may be some create. I will kind of throw in my not so complicated recipes that I think that a lot of people would like. Uh, they're pretty simple. They're go to. They're quick. And that way you guys can have some go-to high protein meals. And I like to do that for sometimes for clients. I recommend them to do it. And they're not, like I said, they're not complicated. They don't take a lot of cooking skills. I just learned this during a lot during the prepping process. So you learn how to be very efficient, but I learned to make it as enjoyable as possible. My coach was always had these really cool uh, recipes he would send me. And I would obviously just make it to my serving, which I'm hoping to get him on soon um, just to hear all his insight. He has, he's a, he's a killer competitor uh, at the pro level. And this man has been able to get very creative. So I want to get a lot of takeaways from him. But anyways, um, where were we? Okay. So now we talked about basically the, the go-tos, right? Some of our go-to foods, how much protein, another common question I get a lot is how much protein do I need to eat? This is something I get a lot from clients, or just from the everyday person. Because all they, when you say that you know you're working out, you need more protein, they're just gonna start drinking those little pre-made shakes, or just buy just protein powder and they're just slamming those shakes with no rhyme or reason. If you really understood how much protein your body needs for to sustain muscle and as well as to build muscle, you probably wouldn't then just gravitate towards you know buying those things because you'll notice that you can have the protein powder. I have protein powder at the house, but it's not like I use it all the time. It's just there if I'm really falling off the wagon and I just need that little bit of a bump. But if you look at how much you, you need per your body, you'll be fine. So the the protein recommendations, uh, I guess if we're looking at the general, is, any, as, is anywhere on the low end as 0.6 times your body weight to 0.8 on the higher end? Uh, for your body weight. So you would take anywhere from 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, or 0. 0.8 times. If you're relatively lean, you would use your body weight. But if you're someone that's um, overweight or more on the heavier side and you have a lot of body fat, you want to kind of find out your lean body mass and then take that number and times it by those options. Now, personally, I it, you can go up as high as one gram times, uh, per body weight. Um, so that's more of the traditional bodybuilding world. And that's perfectly fine if you want to keep things simple, but I usually float between 0.8 to one gram per pound per body weight. And that's usually how I'll generate my numbers. So I'm about a hundred on, I don't know, I haven't weighed myself in a bit. I'm probably heavier, but I'm, I'm usually floating around 165 pounds. So on the lower end, I'm having about maybe 140 grams of protein I'm targeting to 165 to 170 grams. So I'm roughly around that range. Uh, But for the listener, if you want to keep it simple, just take that number and times it by one um, if you're relatively lean and you can follow that that number. And that's more uh, more than enough because there's some other studies that will show for competitive bodybuilding that it's, if you go a little bit higher, especially in in a cutting phase that, you know, it's more advantageous to sustain muscle, but for the most part, for the average person, if you're not getting show ready, one gram per pound of body weight is more than enough protein. Mike. Um, I I
0: would like to add, um, this is a misconception that I've heard, or just misinformation that I've heard several times that protein's bad for your kidneys. Or if you eat too much of it, it's bad for your kidneys. And Agreed. I'm a person who eats a lot of protein. It is by far my favorite macronutrient. And it's not a weird day if I'm up in the two two 250 range. Um, and that is a lot. I only weigh about 170 pounds, probably a little more right now. But... Um, when you're talking about eating too much protein for your kidneys sake, you're really getting closer to like five, 600 grams of protein for it to really be a problem. So take that little misinformation in your brain and just, just get rid of it. Cause it's, it's not actually that bad of an idea to eat a lot of protein. You really need to put in like a full-time day of eating protein to get, to get in danger. Yeah, of that. And
1: that has to be done like consistently too. And obviously there's people that have, Specific conditions. Oh yes, obviously this is just the the recommendations, uh. And this is going on a slight. You can obviously survive with less, but if you're talking about muscle retention, muscle building, and if that is something of interest, then you want to bump that up. I would an easy thing to recommend too is, if you're bulking or you're in a higher calorie phase, then you can keep your protein in that you know 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.8 range and be completely fine, and then add the other calories through your other macronutrients. But if you're trying to lose weight, this is where a lot of people drop the ball is that they go low calorie, but they also go low protein. So I would always stress is when you're cutting, prioritize protein even more so. So you can retain muscle as you're starting to get uh, you're starting to lose fat. What happens is that you're going to sustain, you know, you're going to hold on to that hard earned muscle, or the muscle that you currently have on your body and it's going to also give you other health benefits and other metabolic benefits of just keeping your metabolism at bay because we always talk about the body's an adaptation system if you're stuck always in in a low diet mode and you're always low protein what you'll find is that you start to lose muscle during the process and yeah you've lost the weight on the scale but you look almost identical you look the same especially if you're not spe- incorporating strength training which is a major um loss on your end you just most haven't you seen people in this case is, uh guys is that where they're they lost the weight but they look almost the same they look like a smaller version of the same person and i think that it's important to note that what were they doing in their diet most likely very low resistance training very high cardio um, and very low protein and that's a result and, you know we call the term like skinny fat Is what I think we've like, it would have been associated to. So I think it's important to know, guys, is that keeping protein high with a cutting phase is essential. Uh, for muscle retention and keeping that, and you can even build some muscle during that process. There's some studies that show that. I'm not going to get too much into that, but always prior to prioritizing protein, and it's also going to keep you fuller when you're cutting because the problem that a lot of people struggle when they're dieting is that they're not satiated; they're always hungry. Protein is one of the most satiating macronutrients. Will keep you nice and full and satisfied, and that way you're not having all those cravings. Um, I usually notice when I'm dieting or I'm low calorie, I you want, you craving maybe a snack or you're craving just more food, just have just protein, maybe just tuna or just a piece of chicken breast. Trust me, your cravings are killed instantly. So I love to really stress to my clients is just to prioritize protein. Even when you're bulking, doesn't have to be radically high, but when you're cutting, definitely, definitely make an emphasis on keeping protein in your diet and keeping it consistent.
2: Yeah, I was reminded about the satiating effect of protein um, not too long ago. I think I mentioned it before, too, that I had a, a piece of like a, an Italian sausage link, a piece of chicken and a third protein. I forgot what it was. Maybe two types of chicken. Um, anyways, I had this and literally just that with like maybe like a handful of spinach. And I was just satiated for quite some time. I, I just didn't realize how satiating it was. I mean, like, you know, oh well, let me, let me let me rephrase that. I forgot how satiating it was because I know that it, that protein is satiating, but um, once you once I actually did that and I realized I was just like, wow, I'm not hungry. I'm good. I'm good for quite some time. And you mentioned about um, when you're in a cutting phase to make sure that you're uh, high protein. I think that's important even now. That's something that I, that's the one macro that I'm paying attention to right now. I'm not tracking whatsoever. Um, I, there are some days that I'm like pretty low uh, under my um, uh, maintenance and some days that I'm over, but what I try to keep track of is my protein to try to mitigate any type of uh, muscle loss that, um, that I'm enduring. Now, since I'm not incorporating any uh, heavy resistance like I was before, I had to adjust my training um, greatly because of the lack of uh, equipment that I would have. But um I'm just making sure that I that I have adequate protein and I, I feel like I haven't lost as much as I would have thought um, during these times. But that's one thing that I'm just really paying attention to.
1: No, I think that's super important because and this also can go in the end of, you know, you had a very high protein meal and we're full. I think this is another amazing hack that I use. If you're someone that's not hasn't committed to tracking calories, but you want to find a way to control hunger and to control your calorie intake prioritize always eating protein first in your plate, you know, being that an order of operation a while ago, I made a post of an order of like how you should eat if you're not tracking or just to make sure that you don't overeat because what happens when we go to restaurants or to buffets, we typically gravitate towards very carb heavy, uh, meals. Yeah, so we bread have sticks. the, you know, the yeah, breadsticks the bread bread yeah. and they, and what they'll do is that, you know, having high carb, and very low protein you're more likely to want to overeat because carbs even though you can get full at one point they're they're not a satiating macronutrient your body will actually want more so i would an easy hack is to avoid saying yes to the breadsticks at a restaurant even though they are delicious i've gotten to the habit where i won't touch any of the breadsticks at an olive garden Mm -hmm. or any type of restaurant that serves like a bread if i'm if i'm really being mindful of my my of making like moves with my physique. Like if I'm trying to change it or make, you know, some type of progress there, I'm really on top of my macros. I'm going to stick to just my meal. So how would I eat at home? I wouldn't have breadsticks at home like that for an appetizer. I would just eat my meal. So order of operation is make sure that you're eating your protein first, have a serving of ideally of some vegetables, you know, get some good fibers in there. Vegetables and fiber are very satiating as well, and then move on to, and enjoy the carbs whatever room allows what you'll find is that you'll be most more likely to eat less you know same thing if it goes if you're eating fast food if you're eating a burger don't eat all the fries first because then you're probably more likely i've seen this in many cases with my with my friends that they'll leave a bit of the burger which is not the best food but it was probably had better uh, macro profile than the french fries so i would always go with eating the carbs as the last thing and that just became kind of habitual for me um, and that's, if you're not someone that's super tr- heavy on tracking, this is an easy way to eliminate the the chances of you wanting to overconsume on carbs and then drop the ball and not eat your protein. So also at the buffets, eat as much protein as you can. I love doing this. And this is like why I love going to buffets. If I, I don't ever really I go, mind you. But if I do go, I will stuff myself on all the different meat uh, dishes that they have and then, and then at the very end, I eat very low side. I don't even eat the dessert. I don't even get to that point because I'm so stuffed. So I think this is a really good thing to keep in mind is that just always prioritize protein. This is going to help you know, with the dieting process and to avoid you wanting to overeat. Uh, Mike? Basically, what he's
0: saying is protein is super important. If you have any desire to touch a weight ever, you need to be considering how much protein you eat.
1: So- um, Just to give an example, Mike, I wanted to kind of use. I know a lot of our our listeners, based on the analytics, is like heavier on the female demographic, which is awesome. We love you, ladies. You know we're here to support you. But um, I know this is like a big struggle for them. Is uh, it's not uncommon where they struggle to get protein. And you're talking about maybe like a hundred and thirty pound female. You know, maybe her previous coach before me was freaking pushing two hundred grams of protein, um, which is insane even for me being 160 something pounds is hard even for a 200 pound individual 200 grams of protein is very challenging it takes planning and preparation so i can't imagine a poor 130 150 pound female trying to cram or even a 100 pound female trying to cram 200 grams that's a lot of chicken breast so yeah um so things that you can keep in mind ladies we were talking about the recommendations earlier and this is goes for everyone you know fellas as well is you want to take your body let's just use the example of 130 pounds you want to times that by let's use 0.8 you only need in order to be on the higher end of the protein closer to the higher end it's only 104 grams of protein so 104 grams of protein isn't nearly as ridiculous as 200 grams so if you want to just divide that into three meals you're looking at about 34 grams of protein, which is a pretty good, decent size um, where you're going to be able to hit your protein. And that's an easy way I would, you know, break it up, you know, for people that are trying to figure out how to get all that protein, because they just see 100 or anything over 100. And they're thinking, how am I going to get all this protein? So they they're struggling to hit those numbers. But I think obviously, proper planning and preparation matters, you know, some, you know, making sure that you're, especially your first meal of the day is very high in protein. It's a very easy way to kind of get towards that target, but just do the math. If you're someone that likes numbers, you know, 104, uh, 100 grams, sorry, 104 grams of protein by three meals is about 34 grams. If you want to eat maybe four meals, just divide it by four, it's 26. So, I mean, every meal prioritizing about 26 to 30 grams of protein, you'll be sure to hit those targets consistently. This goes for anybody. Um, So try to, I think I want to get into the timing, I think is also pretty important for people that, you know, that get into this, they're thinking all this, the, the protein has been also complicated. In my, my, my experience is that the timing of protein matters, but I think it's not so much the timing, but the preparation. Um, what do you guys think?
2: Do you, uh, talking about the timing, do you, as soon as you finish training, do you, uh, do you slam a shake? Do you, uh, slam a meal down? Mike?
1: I used to. Yeah, I used to. I used yeah, to. Used to. Um, I, I would run like to my house, <laughs> speak in my car, yeah. take the shaker cup to my gym and then just put some water in that nasty water fountain and then just, just chug it where there was oh, like, man. it wasn't fully mixed. So it was like little chunks going down my throat. It was pretty disgusting.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's it's what scientific fact that the the anabolic window is open for what thirty minutes to an hour, depending on who you're talking to, and then at thirty one minutes or sixty one minutes, you've lost all of your progress. You didn't get your your (laughs) you didn't get your 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 branch chain amino acids, your 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 whey protein scoop. It's it's gone, wasted workout.
1: No, I Um, think that it's like it's super exaggerated. I think that was like a big marketing thing for supplement companies to sell you protein powder because what happened when they started. There is a science to having protein quickly after, um, because when you work out, you hear this all the time. Like you want to make sure you're getting a high protein and maybe some, some carbs into to replenish after your workout, but they may, they exaggerated to the point that they kept shortening the window every, yeah. every, through the years, yeah. it got to the point. It was like a millisecond of yeah. a window where <laughs> you know, like, like, just going crazy over and I, and I fell for it. I was someone that would definitely run home. And the first thing I would do is have a protein shake. And that, in that time I was having a mass gainer. So what would happen is that I would get, you know, explosive diarrhea afterwards. And it just like, I, I didn't know. I was probably losing a lot of gains recently. because I was losing weight. I was trying to gain weight at the time. So, um, probably you don't have to be stressing about if you don't get a meal right after, actually, the, that window that Mike is telling the anabolic window where your body is more sensitive to absorbing those nutrients, yeah the, maybe in the, in the within the first hour to two hours is perfect, but that window for a lot of people is open for you know up to i think want to say forty eight to seventy two hours yeah. that, that that signal is elevated in the body to build muscle, <laughs> obviously you don 't want to wait seventy two hours to eat your first meal after your workout but just to know that it's not at the timing of when you get this protein is not at the top of the list. If you're someone that's dialed in and you've been doing very well and been very consistent, then if you want to play with timing, go for it. But it's not something I would just be stressing about. I think that the best thing is just to make sure you're getting your total protein within, you know, at the end of the day, as your total, doesn't matter if you had two meals, doesn't matter if you had six meals, It just whatever fits best for your lifestyle. I'm typically anywhere about, I want to say about a three meal type of guy. When I'm bulking, I'll probably have up to four meals. If I'm more on the cutting phase, I'll be in the three to two range um, on a consistent basis. So it just depends. It just depends on protein amount that you need. Obviously, the bigger you are, probably you're going to be more on the higher end of maybe having a couple more meals because eating 200 grams of protein in three meals is like, it's a lot if it's like it takes a lot of work so probably that's why maybe breaking up the meals could be beneficial but it's not because it's better in a fat loss perspective it just allows you to break out those meals have it be more attainable because you're trying to slam 70 grams of protein every meal is not the easiest thing in the world so sounds like a dream come true to me (laughs) i know mike can go hard with that gabe do you have anything else to add about the the nutrient timing
2: Yeah, the timing. I mean, I I, just like you guys, I used to just run just to hurry up and get something and and, uh, to eat or to have a protein shake after training. Um, Now I actually do the complete opposite. I'm actually after I train, I wait about an hour, maybe even two before having anything. And I'm perfectly fine. You know, some people that um, uh, look at me kind of like crazy, like, are you not eating? Are you, are you, are, are you mm-hmm. what's wrong? You know, I, I thought you, I thought you go to the gym. You should be having something right now. No, I don't. Same thing in the morning. Like, you know, I get up like around at between, uh, let's just call it 545 on average um, during school time, during normal school time. And I wouldn't eat, have my first meal till like around nine o'clock or so in the morning. So just a good while, I just maybe have some water in between. But um, I just don't run to, run, to a, run to a meal after training or even after eating. I'm, because my meals are pretty high calorie on average, I do three. Um, if I were to, uh, like you mentioned, kind of like bulk, I would uh, increase those meals to maybe like you know four or six. And, and in those situations where someone is having multiple meals, where they have to um, ingest a, a large amount of protein for their uh, body weight, then maybe that's when a protein shake would be um, a good source right. because it just makes it easier to get um, the adequate, to hit your protein um, uh,
0: amount that you'd like to hit. Yeah, I no, think I like the, um, uh, sorry, Jonathan. No, uh, I, I think the uh, the whole anabolic window, sense of urgency thing kind of came directly from the supplement companies in the sense that Uh, you know, if we, if, if we tell them they only have 30 minutes or an hour to get 30 or 40 grams of protein in post-workout, um, I don't know about you guys, but actually an hour after my workout, I'm not really interested in eating a a whole piece of chicken or even a steak at that point. Like my stomach's not really focused on that right now. So Mm -hmm. then, you know, with that panic and that sense of urgency, you're like, okay, what are my options? You know, so they, they kind of created that, that need and that sense of urgency. Yeah we have the solution, drink our protein powder deluxe. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's really, and this was something that Jonathan actually helped me a lot with because I was still that person when I first met him, like, okay, what protein powder do I need? I need to run home and drink it right now. Like, no, you you don't really need to do that. Just kind of get it in throughout the day and you'll be fine. But, um, if you are someone, this would be the only caveat in my opinion. Um, if you are someone that's doing two a days, um, then you may want to be a little bit more specific yes. with what you eat after that first workout because that's
1: you are people that don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, two a day is when you work out in the morning and then you work out at night. It's typically somebody that's like preparing for a show or somebody that's taking their health and fitness probably to a unhealthy level an um, athlete. an athlete, maybe. Yes. Um, but in those situations, you definitely want to, have that post workout meal, uh probably wouldn't recommend a protein shake still on that. I would go for something more natural um just because there's more good things and nutrients and I guess vitamins. the timing
1: there matters more if you're someone that's training at a very high level and you're an athlete or an endurance athlete that have very high stress all the time on the body. I think that timing could definitely help there, but like we were alluding to, it's it's probably at the lower end of the hierarchy when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the level of importance timing is always at the bottom the, the, the most important thing is just getting the protein in your day yeah and after that i would definitely source the sources of protein is super important as well and then at the very bottom after a couple other things you know or the amount of meals could be another thing of how of the importance but then at the very end is the timing how how strategic you are with your protein, and you're getting into the science and the and what protein would be best after the workout, blah blah blah. Because there's some science and all those, but I don't like overcomplicating because I want to simplify this for the grand uh, majority of you. Because. The most important, like we said, is just getting your protein up and that 's going to make a big difference on your physique, the way you feel, your satiation levels, the way you perform in the gym, and all those things are going to matter Mike, I wanted you to kind of share your v ve- because you 're the only one out of us that has gone vegan for thirty days and oh you you adhere to that and I think that I want to before we get into supplementation and our my favorite like you know supplements for for protein i think that i would say definitely share your experience on the vegan how what you learned because i know it was definitely a learning experience i'm not super familiar so i wouldn't coach someone and give them um a vegan diet meal plan in that way because i just i'm not super knowledgeable i never dove into the the very nuances and vegan a vegan diet is very complicated um it's not as just simple as cutting out meat and just eating vegetables there is a there is a a very strategic way of going about it, so you can avoid nutrient deficiencies because a lot of vegans they suffer on the grand scheme of things is they all have some sort of nutrient deficiency and they have to supplement with certain things because you 're just not getting it from from animal products so Mike I want you to share that with us yeah, so the
0: there, there's definitely a lot to be said for veganism. If if you're approaching it from a a moral standpoint, you know, if if you're that person, I have no quarrel with you whatsoever. I like animals too, but I happen to think they taste good sometimes. Well, certain animals do. Um, <laughs> from a from a dietary standpoint, from somebody who's lifting and exercising and just like we're mentioning, trying to keep their protein up. Uh, vegan is probably the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, Most people have an issue tracking their calories, making sure they hit the right macronutrients and everything. Taking meat out of that completely screws up everything else because then you have to go so much further in planning your day and making sure that you're hitting the right protein sources and considering all the other macronutrients that come with that. So with my experience on that, I quickly found out the importance of those essential amino acids. And I saw how tall that mountain was of, of trying to figure out the, the appropriate foods to be eating to get the right essential amino acids throughout my day. I opted for supplementation at that point. But um, the things that I found the most uh, bothersome was every source of protein that you have available to you as a vegan is also a source of carbohydrates and more importantly, a source of fiber. So when you eat massive quantities of fiber, for anybody that doesn't know what fiber does to you, it makes you poop a lot. So if you're trying to get 150 grams of protein in a day, all 150 grams of those are attached to a source of fiber like lentils, like beans, uh, nuts, seeds, grains, soy, all of those have fiber in them. and that was by far the biggest struggle that I had. Um, like I said, I opted for uh, taking a branch chain amino acid supplement, just to be sure. Um, I'm sure, Jonathan, you remember very well that the first couple of days after I started, I felt like I was like sick. I, I felt awful. And as soon as I figured out, I connected the dots in my head, I should have known this going in, I'm missing out on essential amino acids right now. That's probably why I feel like crap. And as like literally a couple hours after I took my first supplement, I felt so much better. And I don't know if that,
1: go ahead. No, I think just important to add, I don't want to, I want you to keep going, but for a lot of people that do it because they may have watched a shitty documentary on Netflix, which by the way, if you're getting your nutrition information from a documentary on Netflix, please stop. It's not, (laughs) it's not, please go read real studies, unbiased information, and then make your best educated guess because a documentary is always going to promote the biased opinion with very skewed examples but they're like oh my god like his blood is is after eating meat, this burrito was stop the look into the information of what the science is like i said it's a very biased if you're for moral reasons i support you a hundred percent but if you're someone that like mike you you're feeling like shit. you're not feeling good and you're like i just gotta keep eating vegan a lot of you know, women at one point or a lot of people will start to notice you know, losing effects where they might start losing their hair or their skin starts getting all messed up or their digestive system is, <laughs> I don't think Mike lost your hair because you were, <laughs> um, but like it's those things that the, the solution to a lot of these people that go to check up on their doctor, which I do recommend if you're trying experimenting with radical diets and altering and you're feeling not good and you're not taking the time to research the solution for a lot of times is they tell you eat an animal product because you it's it's by overall health a vegan diet isn't the key to overall health. And if you want to do it, like I said, for more reasons, all power to you, but just keep that in mind. If you're someone that's trying this, or it's any diet, it could be keto. It could be carnivore. It could be whatever specific radical diet. If you're feeling like shit after a couple of weeks, it's probably, a, it's not, Oh, I'm getting adapted. You're pro- it's probably not working for you long-term. So I would definitely switch gears and make some modifications, but might keep going with what you were saying.
0: Um, yeah, like I said, at, at that point, that was when I did start supplementing. Um, I was doing whey protein powder just to keep on the side, like just to be sure that I'm getting the protein in that's not attached to a fiber source, but honestly, it just became so complicated. And considering the fact that I want these to taste good, I, I threw out the taste factor. I, I completely got rid of that, and I just focused on. I, I googled high protein vegetables, uh, you know, non animal protein sources, and I literally just threw things together in combination, just to try and get as close as I could. And it always ended we with me being just so completely stuffed. And I, I'm telling you, I was eating entire containers of lentils with beans. And other vegetables thrown in there. And I mean, it was just, it was so much more complicated than it really needed to be. Um, I did learn a a few things that I enjoyed as far as like lentils. And I actually don't mind the taste of tempeh. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's a soy based product. Um, It it looks a little weird, but it it basically just tastes like whatever you cook it in. And if you're into curry, it it makes for a great curry source or a curry protein. that sort of realm, but uh, I did also learn a few things. As far as this one actually blew my mind, because this combination of food has been around for such a long time. Uh, rice and beans actually have a complementary amino acid profile. So what that means is, uh, rice has the amino acids that beans are missing, and beans has the amino acids that that rice is missing. Which is a is a combination that's that's older than you know the internet, older than a, a lot of us. Um, and, and, and we've been comparing, we've been pairing those two foods together for so long. It's my favorite combination. Yeah. I mean, it's just super interesting. Um, but I just, for, for anybody that's, that's really serious about their, their, their fitness goals or just being healthy. Um, cause that was the biggest thing that, that, that blew my mind was how crappy I felt without those amino acids, um, i I definitely wouldn't recommend going going vegetarian for health reasons. You definitely could take the approach of just eating less meat or trying to like work around that a little bit but i I do think you you should opt to have at least a little bit of meat in your diet so two Over. things
2: that um that that just kind of like stands out from what you guys were talking one it just reiterates the importance of uh having protein and why it's 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 good to have it in you know in in your diet and two of making sure that whenever you, if you do plan on going vegan, that it's not like, Oh, let me just uh, cut out all the meat. Um, you have to plan for it. You have to be very methodical. You have to be very, um, intentional with each and every meal. So that way you don't get to the point where, um, you were at Mike, where you're saying that you were just feeling like crap.
0: Yeah. I I would say it's much harder to get your protein in through a vegan diet than to just, just eat like a normal, I'm sorry, air quotes, normal person, much harder. Takes a lot more planning. You're absolutely right about that.
1: I think if you're someone that also likes to experiment, I would say it might not be a bad source of just reducing your protein quantity and maybe doing like a slightly vegan day with not the extreme of going very trying to go super high protein, but just really increasing your vegetable intake and and on one you know once a week or once every other week where you purposely plan that. I think there's tons of benefits. Like you can get tons of benefits from eating a vegan diet in the short term possibly, but what I find, it's not so much the diet itself that's magical. It's the fact that in most traditional American diets, which is, which is horrible, is that you're actually, you're being more conscious of eating more vegetables. And I think that's where a lot of people may feel like, well, I feel so much better, you know, when I did this diet for like the first <laughs> couple of days, but it's because like, okay, well, let's look at why. And it's like, what, what were you eating before, before you went, you know, vegan, keto, is that you were probably making better whole food choices um, before that. So that's probably why your experiment. but it wasn't the diet itself. You can implement more vegetables in your normal day-to-day diet. You'll probably feel just as amazing. It was, the, the it, it,
2: it was just not only the elimination of things that maybe you weren't, um, that weren't giving you any value, but also the introduction of all of these extra vegetables. Right. So, and then, and, and something else that I that just kind of like came to mind. So even if like, let's just say you're going vegan, okay. They say vegan is healthier, but also there are a lot of processed vegan items, which uh, from the health standpoint, that's not giving you that much benefit than having a processed um, quote unquote normal item. Right.
1: No, I agree. I think that's super important. And I'm, we're not here to bash you know, anyone mm-hmm. that is vegan. Like it's like we said, it's a personal truth. But I just like it for the everyday person because I get questions like this. It's one of the more common questions is what do you think about this diet? And they'll like they will vegan is an example, um, keto's an example. But my advice is if you have not mastered the basics of just getting your a well balanced diet on your own with no restrictions, I wouldn't recommend going into a specific diet right off the rip as a solution for what people are chasing is weight loss, muscle gain, you know, those cosmetic changes. Focus on just doing, adding all those benefits of all those things into your already existing diet. And if you want to go ahead and venture out a little bit, by all means, try it out, see what you get. Mike is very self-aware and he was already very consistent for two years before he even decided to even try it for just for fun. He said, I'm going to make a challenge for myself for 30 days where I'm going to do this. But he was paying attention to how he felt. He was being very objective. The days we started feeling better, he would tell me Uh, other days that he wasn't, he would tell me. So it's like being objective with yourself and not just doing it because it's the best option. There is no best it's you have to, there's, we do very well with balance and we are omnivores by nature by evolution whatever you believe in um so saying that meat is not we're not uh naturally supposed to eat meat is completely and utterly false um but i wanted to jump into now the last part of this which is the supplementation piece because I think supplements can be handy um, for people that are struggling to get protein or just to have it. Cause like I said, I express I have protein powder. It will probably last me a very long time because I don't have it on a consistent basis. I try to get, like we talked about a lot of whole foods in our diet. And and typically if I follow the, if I really just calculate how much protein I really need, I don't need all that much. I've already gotten used to kind of planning my meals, but uh, the protein powder that I would gravitate towards, I mean, they have so many very options of like, uh, different types of proteins like casein protein, whey isolate, whey, high, like hydro, I, I don't know what. Like there's so many, I, I can't even keep track anymore. But typically for most people, if you're not in, you don't have any type of dairy intolerance or lactose, you know, a good old fashioned whey isolate is perfect. Um, I think it's a great, great option for you to go. If you want a good source of protein, I'm very biased on this one because I recently got introduced into protein powders again because I had taken a break for a couple of years actually, um, since I had competed, but the one I really, really liked that was, I felt amazing on, and it was a whey bait. It was, you know, a whey type protein was the Legion protein from Mike Matthews. Um, I think that was one of my favorite proteins. I told even Mike when I bought it and he was like, you bought protein again. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I mean, this is, it feels good. It's a good source. The the, the proportions are like for the amino acid profiles are amazing um, very transparent stuff, very minimal, uh, ingredients. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, casing the different proteins that I like for slower digesting proteins, I wouldn't stress too much about getting variety of proteins. If you're someone that's intolerant to, to dairy, you know, opting in for like a vegan source, uh, or soy based, you know, anything that's that's, or rice based protein, there's like so many like different types of proteins try those out that fit, you know, that sit well with you, with you. And I think that'd be a good, good option to explore.
2: Yeah. I've tried a, I've tried a couple different ones that actually didn't um, sit well with me. I think I tried like a, a vegan one um, and it just, uh, or a plant-based one and it just did not sit well with me. I, I, The day that I had it, I just felt like my stomach, there was a, a rumble going on in my jungle. It was just not uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it it does not sit well. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and switch with a different one. But also conversely, the same thing with even with the way the different types of whey proteins. I think I had, I went to Costco and I bought like the, you know, the, I forgot the large bag of like the Onnit one. Yeah. it one. And it was fine. Had it for no problem. Then I switched to, I want to say like a muscle farm one. And again, it was fine. But then when I went back to the Onnit one, it just... I felt like I was pretty sensitive to it. I just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. So I had to kind of like back off on the, on the amounts. So just find one that, um, that, that sits well with you regardless of what it is. Um, if you do have any type of restrictions, if you need to go with like, for instance, a vegan one, um, because of the dairy restrictions that you have, then just try different ones out see which one. Okay, cool. I like this one. Let me just stick with the, uh, with this one and, and, and just uh, take it from there.
1: I think it's a smart option. I think just not overcomplicating, but I wouldn't go super cheap with it. Don't go to Walmart on this, in this example, to go get (laughs) protein powder. Probably not the best source. Cause like I said, this shouldn't be jacking up your stomach. That's a sign that something's not sitting well. So what I found why I like Legion, it's only a, it's, we'll probably put a link in the show notes just so if you guys want to check it out, we have no affiliation with them, by the way. Um, It's just when I recently got, you know, started using that i generally like and it's it tastes well it didn't have so much fillers because most cases what was happening is i was getting like you know bubble guts like from eating like drinking other types of protein that were probably like lower grade these are very well sourced so i like that one um i think it's also important to note is i know a lot of people still not as much i don't see it as much but the bc double a's because me and call (laughs) we call them because but like the the branch chain amino acids uh the supplement itself where people will walk around with their gallon jugs these are more for my like bodybuilding crowd my bodybuilding friends but you know it's not needed especially that that's usually if you're someone that already is getting enough protein with food you don't need uh, branching amino acids to supplement. They're pretty high priced for what they do. And the science is pretty uh, consistent in the sense that it's not going to give you that much, probably nothing noticeable, no noticeable progress or help. Um, you're better off just probably buying protein powder and or eating just normal quantities of protein from your food, you don't need to be wasting, it's a complete waste of money. Don't you don't need to go down that route.
0: Mike? Yeah, if you're if you're hitting your protein goal, you're getting enough branch chain amino acids for your day. Uh anything extra. It's just you're just peeing it out. Um plain and simple. You're you're peeing out the 30 bucks that you spent on that branch chain amino acids. Like I said, I took that when I was a vegan for a month and that's the, pretty much the only person I would recommend that to. Um, is somebody who's on a plant-based diet, because you need those to survive, like we covered already. Um, that's, good,
1: that's actually a really good point that you made there. Yeah, if you're someone that knows that you're strategically supplementing, you're not getting those, then sure. But for if you're someone that's not on a restricted diet, you know, and you have flexibility and you're getting animal pro- products, you're more than you're probably more than fine. It's it's definitely if you want if you have the money to blow and you want to just spend it on that. By all means, your choice, but our recommendation, what we're, what we're seeing over the course of years, the evidence is pretty consistent that it doesn't really do much for you.
0: Did, uh, did, I have a question for both of you. Did you guys fall into the, the marketing trap of doing whey during the day and then at night you have to have the slow digesting casein case, protein?
1: I did. I, there was yeah. a bundle on, that was super popular on bodybuilding.com that had the, 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 the original whey. And then Mm -hmm. I had a smaller tub of casein protein. Then I think you got a pre-workout and you got a little shaker cup with it, but it was like a bundle that they had. And I would do both. Casein always for me tasted like mud. It was always so thick and like, it was just nasty. I didn't really like it. And I, it was always one that would kind of sit on my shelf the longest. It's, it doesn't do that much for you for the amount of money that you're spending. No.
0: Not at the all. science
1: is so small that honestly, guys, just you're better off just sticking with some good old fashioned whey. You don't need to be stressing about mm, this, like the slow digesting protein and the fast acting protein Whey in itself is very fast acting. It gets into the system very quickly. So that's a plus of it. But the, but all these little science gimmicks that people like to promote, especially the companies, they're so small on the grand scheme of things that you're barely, you're really splitting hairs when you're talking about this type of stuff. But like I said, overall, most important thing is the total protein of your day. If your priority is to keep lean muscle mass and to gain muscle. So I definitely would before you get into like any of those rabbit holes, just focus on those big rocks.
2: I fell into that as well. Um, I thought it was making some positive changes to me, but uh, what I also did when I introduced the, uh, when I started doing the casein at night was when I, um, uh, I made a pretty big change to my training program itself. So that's where I got most of my changes from. I attributed it to, I said, Hey, you know, I'm taking this casein, I'm, I'm seeing some changes. So maybe it is doing some something positive for me, but it really wasn't that, like you mentioned, it, it was probably moving the little, very, very little. Uh, the majority of the changes that, that I found during that time was really for my uh, uh, switching up my training program, which was kind of stagnant. Or actually, I think when I started taking is when I started following a program itself, something deliberate, something uh, concrete, as opposed to just going and just saying, okay, well, today's uh, shoulders or uh, today's uh, legs, you know, just something like that.
1: No, I think that's super, that's, that's important to note. Um, but yeah, I think we covered basically everything that we would like you guys to really know about protein mike
0: I do have one more and this one's very recent uh this is a recent trend I'm seeing it a lot more often in people's stories collagen protein do you guys have uh, any knowledge of collagen protein at
1: all it it made a comeback it recently. did it really did and it's Come crazy that
2: it's been a, it's a comeback right wasn't it like you know like the garbage protein
0: like you know a while back
2: so for it to be like uh, the, like some the top standard appears. now, it's, it's 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 weird. Yeah, exactly. Just like
0: so, protein protein powders in general are kind of just leftovers from other processes, like whey and casein. I'm pretty sure come from like the manufacturing of like cheese or, or like the pasteurization of milk. And it's just like I'm the not... shit that's left over in the vat, and they just like scrape it off and bottle it and sell it. But
1: yeah, that just completely destroyed any potential partnership <laughs> you could have in the future. You just shit Thanks, on. Mike. It. <laughs> collagen protein is the worst though that's like leftovers
0: of like meat production where they they're like grinding up like the skin and the, the 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 nails and the bones and the feet meat and like uh,
1: dude I was just talking to somebody about that that they they posted a picture and they had they they looked really good and the picture was like a selfie and I was like oh looking good you know hope everything is well it's like oh yeah thank you i think it's the collagen protein and i'm like Ugh. oh god I'm like, uh, it's, it's probably the other things in your life that you're doing great. Don't please don't credit the collagen, protein. but it's, it's a marketing thing. Um, it's, it's not super detrimental, but out of all the protein sources, collagen protein should not be the one that you're spending all your money on. You're better off with a good old fashioned way if your body handles it or just a good source of vegan, uh, plant-based protein. Um, collagen protein is a very low quality, and it was actually just—it was considered that very cheap, you know, just kind of like that garbage uh, protein back in the day. It's and it just recently—it recently made a, a comeback, which is funny because it kind of like goes in waves. But um, yeah, when I see the whole like hype, I know another supplement company, this big YouTuber that's super popular, his 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 protein source is a collagen protein. I'm like, man you were you had me, and every other supplement was good, but this just wouldn 't why you just unleash this complete garbage like it 's why like it 's really not that beneficial this This is the problem with those supplement companies, and we 'll kind of end it off like towards this, but like a lot of the marketing with anything in fitness, they take a little bit of science that they find, and there 's some proof in everything that the claims that they said. But then they just expand on it and blow it out of proportion to market and to sell you on a product and they just exaggerate the studies. So I think that it's important to note that, yeah, collagen protein is probably, ugh, if you needed it for certain specific reasons, sure. But for most people, it's not your; it shouldn't be your first choice. It shouldn't even be your fifth or sixth, honestly. <laughs> so, so I like- think we did. so i think we did a really good job with um you know i think covering the main big rocks for protein we'll probably revisit this in the future but we wanted to dedicate you know this whole episode just to the what protein was what protein is for you uh how to apply these things some some recommendations some go-to meals and we'll probably try to add some like recipes i think that the recipe idea for the instagram page would be pretty cool honestly um Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and please subscribe if you're new and leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, Those have been awesome and we're super thankful. I don't know about the other platforms. They're kind of weird, but for iTunes, if you're listening to it on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on Stitcher as well, as well as Google Play. If you haven't followed us already on Instagram, you can go ahead and follow us at the the show page at The Next Level Show. You can follow me at johnalva Seven. Gabe at Prime and Glory and Mr. Mike at Mike Nillis PT.